the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, June the 30th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On June 30, 1982, the proposed Equal Rights Amendment to the U.S. Constitution expired. That was kind of the leading project for Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter and his wife. They did everything in their power to push that through, but Brighter Minds said, no, that's not what it appears to be. Today, in 1934, Adolf Hitler launched his blood purge. It was a blood purge of political and military rivals in Germany in what became known as the Night of the Long Knives. Today, in 1958, the U.S. Senate passed the Alaska Statehood Bill by a vote of 64 to 20. Today, in 1971, a Supreme Court ruled 6 to 3 that the government could not prevent the New York Times or the Washington Post from publishing the Pentagon Papers. Today, in 1986, the Supreme Court in Bowers v. Hardwick ruled 5-4 to four that states could outlaw homosexual acts even between consenting adults. That was later essentially reversed. I think that was about in 2003, I think it was, 2003 or 2004. Today, in 1994, the U.S. Figure Skating Association stripped Tanya Harding. Remember Tanya Harding? Stripped her of the national championship and banned her for life from her role in the attack of rival Nancy Kerrigan. Remember um, Tanya Harding's boyfriend or husband? One of the two. They struck uh, Nancy Kerrigan in the knees with a pipe or a club or something. Uh, just prior to a national championship skating deal. Not good. Today in 2016, saying it was the right thing to do, Defense Secretary Ash Carter announced that transgender people would be allowed to serve openly in the U.S. military, ending one of the last bans on service in the armed forces. The regular guys in the Army and the armed forces were not happy about this. I remember that very well. In fact, we talked about it on this program. Today in 2020, Boston's Arts Commission voted unanimously to remove a statue depicting a freed slave kneeling at Abraham Lincoln's feet. That's some of the things that happened today in history. I mentioned yesterday that the Cairo 7 in Seattle was talking about the fact that somebody, apparently kids, but they, they don't know who, a couple of people in a SUV was burning their tires all over on uh, in Kirkland on a big um, transgender LGBTQ plus IA, whatever, yada, yada, uh, on a crosswalk in Kirkland. They'd painted, took, took over the whole part of that street. And, and these people were spinning their tires, you know, and... and making black marks all over. So 
Cairo 7 TV was talking about this, and they were urging people to you know turn them in if you know who did this, and on and on and on. And I, I, I mentioned yesterday, when I talked about this, I said, man, it's getting a lot of attention. And yet, you know, legally you can desecrate the flag of the United States, but good grief. This is a painting on a street. I mean, should I, am I advocating doing that? No, of course not. But now, now Como News in Seattle. Oh no, they've got to join join the hunt. I don't know if these people are really trying to do the news or if they're virtue signaling, trying to show everybody how virtuous they are, kind of like the Pharisees. I don't know. I don't know what's in their heart, but boy, here goes Como News now. They're saying this morning, Kirkland police are asking for the public's help in identifying the people responsible for damaging the pride flag crosswalk that was introduced at the beginning of the month. I mean, where does this all end? I I realize this is Kirkland and it was Seattle, but I mean, the leadership in the area held back the police for a year as they took over part of Seattle called CHOP. They called it Chaz or CHOP first and then Chaz later. They took over Capitol Hill. Now they're on the hunt for whoever made tire marks on this flag, in the, and it's in the street. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, man, what are these people thinking? I don't know what they're thinking, but I know what they're doing. It's disappointing. We desecrate the American flag, and the courts say it's okay. There's nothing in the Constitution that prohibits you from doing that. And then they go all, all out on an A-plus hunt for somebody that squeals their tires on a painted flag that's related to personal sexual behavior. I, I mean, I don't know. I just thought the flag, the U.S. flag was more valuable than that. I don't know what they'll be doing. Probably, they'll probably shut down the schools to, by, by, by Monday. Oh, the schools are shut down. They'll probably shut down something by Monday so that they can enlist citizens to go out and find these people who did this. I mean, we have to stop the city, stop commerce, stop everything. We've got to go out and find these people who did this. We cannot allow lawlessness in our cities, <laughs> can we? <clears throat> The Supreme Court dealt another blow to the Biden administration today with their decision, Biden versus Nebraska. They ruled, they announced it today, they ruled six to three that the president's attempt to forgive student loan debt through the HEROES Act was impermissible. He could not move it forward because it's not constitutional. They said the the president does not have that power. Probably someone around him knew that when they were doing it, but they were just trying. They thought, "Who, you know, let's give it a shot. Maybe we can send out, you know, millions and billions of dollars to kids who run up their debts and and at going to school and and uh, the education they get is marginal, at least in many of the cases, I think. But nonetheless, he was trying to do that, and I think we all know why. But um, the court said, "No, they're not going to let him do that." That the President of the United States has a lot of power, but not that power to forgive debt to students who have run up, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases. 
I'm sure the students and their parents would probably think that's a good idea, and I understand that. But if we go down that rabbit hole, um, the nation would pay for a long time. The Supreme Court sided with a Christian graphic designer today, clarifying that a Colorado law cannot compel this uh, designer to create websites for same-sex couples against her religious beliefs. It was a 6-3 to three ruling. The court sided with Lori Smith in her lawsuit challenging the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act, CADA, CADA. It's a law that prohibits public accommodations from restricting services based on sexual orientation. Smith, the owner of 303 Creative, she was represented by Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF. They do a great job challenged the law as a violation of the First Amendment while she wants to create websites that reflect her deeply held belief that marriage is between one man and one woman. The law would compel her to also create wedding uh, websites for same-sex marriages, so-called marriages. Neil Gorsuch wrote in the majority opinion, joined by Chief Justice John Roberts, Justices Robert uh, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Cody Barrett, that tolerance, not coercion, is our nation's answer. Good for them. We commend them. That's true. That is the nation's answer if we are going to be constitutional. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle? Now, don't try out your eagle's wings by jumping off a tall building. But in, according to the word of the Lord and in the strength of the Lord, thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. You can feel good about things. You could do things you didn't think you could do in the strength of the Lord. The word of God is so, it is so encouraging and instructive and inspiring and so helpful and so inspired it cannot be wrong Psalm 107 says for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness that is the word of the Lord for today I want to talk to you a little bit today about the Supreme Court defending the American dream they did I applaud them. It certainly made me feel good in my spirit and in my heart to see them take the right stance on a very divisive issue. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But first I want to mention, I mentioned the other day, and I'll mention again, probably just this will be the last time, but we ran a little behind last month in June, or not last month, this month, uh, as we end the month, a little behind, and we need your help financially. We're fully supported by the people who listen to this program. I'm sure if you listen, you know that. And so many of you do support us and make it possible for us to be on every day live, except when we take a day off here and there. But um, 
Thank you for that, and thank you for standing with us. But we did run um, short in our budget la- uh, this month of June. As we end the, the month and start a new one, uh, we need to get caught up. So if you can help us with that, thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go on to our website, and, and you can contribute online, and a lot of people do. It is faithandfreedom.us. You'll see my name. If you don't see my name when it comes up, it's a different faith and freedom. There's a lot of them out there now. But it's faith, A-N-D, freedom, all one word, dot U-S, not dot com, dot U-S. Thank you so much in advance. I know, I know that you will stand with us, and I know that you feel about this ministry like I do. I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to do, and so many of you tell me in your notes and so on that you feel that God wants this to happen and this voice out there and speaking to people, and you're standing with us. So thank you so much. Racial preferences in college admissions violate the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. The Supreme Court decided that yesterday in this historic decision with profound implications for racial preferences in many areas of law and public policy. This is going to cut deep into the culture, and that's why I want to talk about it today a little bit. In doing so, the court defended the American dream. And nobody's saying that. In the, in, in, they're, they're making it a fight between the races, between black and white, basically. But it's more than that. It isn't that. This is a fight for the American dream. Everybody should be allowed to have the opportunity, equal opportunity, not equal outcome, as these people are saying all the time. The left is obsessed with the idea of equity. It's because they want to be in control. It's because they want the power. And so they're obsessed with equity. They want to manage everybody's outcome. And all of us cross the finish line at the same time. And we all say, nobody's a winner. We're all a winner. That's nonsense. It flies in the face of life and reality. But the left doesn't live in reality. Well, the Supreme Court struck down the left's most favorite tool. President Biden slammed his fist on the lectern. And he said, this is not normal. When a journalist asks you about it, I'll come back to that in a moment. But what should normal look like? Would he know normal if he looked into its face? I doubt it. The Supreme Court defended the American dream. The American dream is what America is all about. It upheld racial preferences back in in 1978. The Supreme Court upheld racial preferences. It became known as affirmative action. That's how we know it. In college admissions. It was in the Bach decision, 1978. Since then, delegates have raged about whether to use quotas, point systems, or other ways of favoring one applicant over another based on the color of their skin. And that's where we are today. The people who revere Martin Luther King Jr. have big statues placed in prominent places of Martin Luther King Jr. And I say, good for them. I mean, that's great. But why don't they listen to him? He's the one that says, will we see a day in America when people are not judged by the color of their skin? And the people that support him, the leftists, say no. No, we want to hold on to 
a, a, an American uh, ideal of judging people by the color of their skin. That's what affirmative action is all about. Affirmative action says we know we we see the color of your skin and we know you can't make it on your own. So we're gonna we're gonna walk with you. We're gonna hold your hand. We're gonna give you preference. And they've created a whole culture of dependence. And they've created a culture of victim victims. Clarence Thomas, a black man, one of the brightest people on the Supreme Court. Not that the others aren't bright, but he's very bright. He speaks to that issue, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment. The Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment commands that no state shall, quote, deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. The Supreme Court has always acknowledged that the central promise of the Equal Protection Clause is to for- forbid, not make, forbid laws and public policies that discriminate on the basis of race. Affirmative action is discriminatory. It discriminates. It devalues minorities in the name of helping them. It's a, it's a guise. It isn't what it says it is. It's a tool to amass power by the left. The majority opinion declared yesterday that the Harvard and UNC, uh, University of North Carolina, which is the oldest state-sponsored school, Harvard is our oldest private school, as you probably know, that Harvard and UNC admissions programs cannot be reconciled with the guarantees of equal protection clause. Supreme Court majority ruling. I want to read just a part of what they said because it's it's very important. It's, It's transformational. The Supreme Court majority opinion said the Constitution deals with substance, not shadows, and the prohibition against racial discrimination is leveled at the thing not the name. A benefit to a student who overcame racial discrimination, for example, must be tied to that student's courage and determination. Or a benefit to a student whose heritage or culture motivated him or her to assume a leadership role or attain a particular goal must be tied to that student's unique ability to contribute to the university. In other words, the student must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual not on the basis of race. Every time the left defaults to the color of your skin. And Martin Luther King says, I have a dream. I see a day when this won't happen. Well, this isn't that day until now. The left has held on to the color of the skin as a, as a way of measuring people and categorizing them into people groups. Many universities have for too long done the opposite of what affirmative action was proposed to be and claim to be. And in doing so, they've concluded wrongly that the touchstone of an individual's identity is not challenges bested, skills built, or lessons learned, but the color of their skin. Our constitution, constitutional history does not tolerate that choice. President Biden can't handle progress. He's always talking about progress, and all of those people are on the left. Barack Obama, that's kind of his main word. I mean, he can't speak, excuse me, without talking about progress. We're making progress. Oh, we're making progress. If you ask him, what about, you know, the country is collapsing into whatever, a recession or a depression or whatever, they'll say, oh, we're making progress. 
That's very subjective, and you can't measure progress. I mean, what do you mean progress? Well, we're making progress. Well, what kind of progress? Well, progress. That's at the heart of this whole idea of affirmative action. President Biden slammed the U.S. Supreme Court for its decision yesterday, striking down racial preferences in college admissions. He said, this is not a normal court. He was scheduled a press event to kind of react to the decision in Students for Fair Admissions versus President and Fellows of Harvard College. That was the suit that they were ruling on, the Supreme Court. The court struck down racial preferences. Biden pounded the lectern, and he vowed to continue fighting for what he described as America's core values. Well, this may seem like a core value on on its face, but it's not. And people are becoming informed. Biden's used to a time when people perhaps weren't as informed because there weren't as many avenues to inform oneself. As he finished his remarks, he began to leave the lectern. The journalist asked whether the the current Supreme Court was a rogue court. And he turned to them as he was shuffling out and he said, this is not a normal court. And the uh, journalist asked about the idea of, he said, well, what do you think about imposing term limits on the Supreme Court justices? And Biden just kept shuffling and went out the door. But the White House uh, press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre, she later told reporters aboard Air Force One, uh, they were flying to New York, that the Department of Justice would join the Department of Education in advising colleges about lawful ways to advance diversity in admissions. This isn't about killing diversity. It's about creating equality. And these people cannot say the right words because they don't think the right thoughts. The left is not trying to create equality. They're trying to create equity, and they're trying to put it in the context of control, with them being in control. Apparently, the president plans to discover ways to circumvent the court. Let's take a look at what Justice Clarence Thomas, a black man who was brilliant and a justice on our Supreme Court, he turned on the light. I think he put it all in perspective. Let's take a look at some of the things he said. He wrote a a very lengthy response. He joined uh, Chief Justice Roberts in the majority opinion, but he also then wrote a concurring opinion explaining his thinking on this matter. And that's what I want to get to today. I think it's very enlightening. And I want to share not all of it. There's a lot, but a part of it. After a brief overview of America's history, Thomas goes into his optimism that America will continue to become a better place. That's true progress. That's what it looks like. That's what it sounds like. That will become a better place. But at the same time, he excoriated the left's equity agenda. He talked about, in ways we're not capable of doing here, but what we've talked about on this program. Equality and equity have become kind of interchangeable in the culture, but they're not. They're two different things. They're not even related, really. They sound alike, but they're not alike. Equality is everybody has a shot, and they're not held back because of their color or whatever, any reason. 
they have a shot to do what they can do. And we all have different God-given gifts. The Bible says we, we have all been gifted. Some this, some that, and so on. That's a, a God-given fixed idea that we all have gifts from the Lord. We all can do things, some things better, some things maybe not so good. Equality gives a true basis for us to express ourselves and to to work hard and become and so on. But, oh, no, they've taken that. They've pushed it aside. They've said, nope, we're going to call it equality, but we really want equity. We want everybody to cross the finish line at the same time because that puts us in control all the time. Thomas lays bare the less flawed and quite racist beliefs about different races. He said, quote, in fact, all racial uh, categories are little more than stereotypes, suggesting that immutable characteristics somehow conclusively determine a person's ideology, beliefs, and abilities. Thomas said, of course, that's false. He said, members of the same race do not all share the exact same experiences and viewpoints. Far from it. He said, a black person from rural Alabama surely has different experiences than a black person from Manhattan or a black first-generation immigrant from Nigeria. He said in the same way that a white person from rural Vermont has a different perspective than a white person from Houston, Texas. Despite the obvious reality, Thomas reminds us in his writing, his concurring response, the segregation itself was built, he said, on this idea of naked racism. It's the same naked racism, he said, upon which segregation itself was built. He is so right. Small wonder, then, that these policies are leading to increasing racial polarization and friction. He refused to hold back, he said, on his fellow justices, their flawed views and affirmative action. I mean, he spoke right to these individuals that he sits with on the court that voted the wrong way on this. He said Justice Jackson uses her broad, she's the newly appointed, uh, uh, Biden appointed uh, black woman on the court. He said, she, in fact, she, was, she came on the court a year ago today, as a matter of fact. Justice Jackson, he said, uses her broad observations about statistical relationships between race and select measures of health, wealth, and well-being to label all blacks as victims. Her desire to do so is unfathomable to me. He said, I cannot deny the great accomplishments of black Americans, including those who succeeded despite long odds, nor do Justice Jackson's statistics regarding a correlation between levels of health, wealth, and well-being between selected racial groups prove anything. And he goes on and on about this, and he says, he says she claims lock blacks into a seemingly perpetual inferior caste. He said, such a view is irrational. It is an insult to individual achievement and cancerous to young minds seeking to push through barriers rather than consigning themselves to permanent victimhood. He concluded with this. He said, while I am painfully aware of the social and economic ravages which have befallen my race and all who suffer discrimination, I hold out enduring hope that this country will live up to its principles so clearly enunciated in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States that all men are created equal, are equal citizens, and must be treated 
equally before the law. You know, I, there's much more, but I, I really feel that there's a pushback, that there's a change taking place in America. And we as Christians have got to be a part of that. And we'll be talking about that more in the future. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.